welcome to the Fairmont Bridge. City of Fairmont's official podcast where you can join us weekly to hear from city employees, elected officials, and local figures to hear about the basic functions and inner workings of our local city government, as well as learn about current and upcoming projects. My name is Alex Petri. And I am Hannah Turner. And we are both employees with the City of Fairmont's planning department. So this weekend is going to be very, very special. There's a lot going on this weekend at Windmill Park Mm -hmm. because of Juneteenth. Yes. So we have, today we have Tiffany Samuels and Romelia Hodges here to join us to, to tell us all about all of the events happening this weekend. It's organized by the uh, DSF STOP program. That is the Dunbar School Foundation. Um, I'm going to throw it to, to you, Tiffany and Romelia, and just have you kind of introduce yourselves and tell us, tell the tell the citizens a little bit about yourselves. All right. Well, my name is Romelia Hodges. I am the CEO of the Dunbar School STOP program. It is an organization that deals with the health and wellness of the African-American community, as well as the community at large. Um, We are a grant uh, subsidized program through the DHHR, the state of West Virginia, and we are here to serve the people, especially for the COVID needs, um, but anything else that we can help our community with. So I, uh, my original background is as a motivational speaker. I have traveled the country speaking to several students in high schools and colleges and large adult audiences across the country. I have been in every high school in West Virginia, and I have pretty much been in every college in West Virginia as well. And um, I can proudly say that I have traveled all of the states in the United States, motivationally speaking, for Monster.com, a parent company. At the time, it was called Making It Count. Um, We also had a program that I worked for, which was called the Diversity Leadership Program, where we would bring 300 of the top leading college students from across the country to a college campus and give them the opportunity to interview with Fortune 500 companies. I became pregnant with a beautiful baby girl and decided that the road was a little bit too much for me at that time and decided to come back and get my master's degree in education technology uh, from Fairmont State University. And um, that is where I began my community work here in the friendly city of Fairmont. Um, From there, I went and uh, began to see the need um, for prosperity and success building uh, within the African-American community and began to do what I possibly could to serve our community. So I started an online group on Facebook called FAM, the Fairmont um, Alliance of uh, Minorities. And that is how we get a lot of the information out to the African-American community about what's going on in the tri-state area. FAM blossomed into something very critical and necessary during COVID um, when the African-American community was struck with COVID. Um, If I were to be candid with you, the African-American community in Fairmont, West Virginia, uh, Morgantown and Clarksburg was probably the first real outbreak in West Virginia. And um, because of the disparity that happened during that time with the need for testing for our community, um, my colleague and I, Tiffany, stepped up to serve that community along with Delegate Danielle Walker to make sure that those individuals got the testing and that they needed at the time time as well as the medical services. From there, um, we began to network with the state of West Virginia with um, the COVID czar Clay Marsh and um, uh, as well as some um, other state officials. And we, uh, the governor justice formed the minority task force at that point in time uh, where Tiffany and I serve as commissioners. When we became commissioners, there was a lot of money um, that was given to the state of West Virginia to serve underserved populations, uh, vulnerable communities. Um, and uh, Tiffany and I decided that we needed to step up to the plate and uh, serve North Central West Virginia with those funds. And um, that is where the idea for DSF STOP programs came from. Um, it This is a nonprofit service that we offer to our African-American community, and we are very proud to be here. Going into our second year, um, our anniversary is June 16th, uh, so that is our one-year anniversary, and we are celebrating that here very soon. Great. And Tiffany? 
Certainly. I'm Tiffany Walker Samuels. I'm born and raised in Fairmont, West Virginia. This is home for me. Uh, West Fairmont, polar bear, have to say that. Hey. <laughs> There's only one side. That's West I agree. Side. <laughs> um, after high school, I attended WVU where I received a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. I then went on to Phoenix, Arizona where I worked for Motorola. They hired me outside of college. So I am very proud to be back home into Fairmont. Once I came back into Fairmont, I decided I did not want to go into tech, but rather I wanted to do something to impact my community. I've always been so proud to be from Fairmont. Fairmont supported me um, throughout my high school career and throughout my college career. I was an exchange student in London, England, and coming from the Maple Avenue area in the late 80s, it was almost I could not see a way for me to be able to travel overseas to to go to school. But the community raised money, just put money into our account. Uh, we did yard sales and hot dog sales. So the community raised $13,000 for me to be able to travel to England. So ever since then, I've always wanted to give back to my community. So when I returned back home, I took on the position of the executive director of the United Way of Marion County, and I served there faithfully for eight years. After that, I've gone on to West Virginia University, which is where I currently work for the WVU School of Foundation traveling across the U.S. talking to alumni about giving back to West Virginia, giving back to programs at the university as well as programs in the state. I'm also the owner of Eye Candy Beauty Supply, which is a local store downtown. So I'm CEO of that, um, which I started that with my children, um, specifically my daughter Justice, who's the hairstylist there, and my other children helped with that. And for Dunbar Startup, I am the chief operating officer. So the COO and serve in that role proudly. I'm also on the Human Rights Commission for the city as well. So yes, I was appointed last year. Great. So it's been over a year. So I serve in that role as well. And then several different roles. I was just appointed to the extension board as well. So as Ramilia said, both of us have had a heart from for the community. Mm -hmm. And um, if I could say Dunbar uh, Stop Program came out of our many, many miles of walking. We used to walk every day and we actually started walking as a result of the COVID outbreak. And Ramilia did a post about the COVID outbreak and I called her and said, okay, what can I do to help? Because I hadn't been able to sleep for at least a week um, seeing her post and and seeing the devastation that was happening. So I said, what can I do to help? And immediately she started passing me, passing me lists and we started brainstorming from there. We started exercising together and walking around the neighborhoods and talking to people. So uh, when we opened the testing sites, we walked, I think, 14 miles in two days. We went door to door. Everywhere that we knew an African-American lived, we walked there and put a flyer on their door or talked to people. And we did that time and time again, um, even up until vaccinations. So... That is how this all started was really from an outreach and then just walking, miles of walking and talking and brainstorming. And we never imagined that we would have a facility where we are now serving the community day in and day out. And it, we're seeing remarkable results as a result of it. Yeah, the, everything that you all have both done um, over the last few years has, has really been incredible for the yeah. community. We are actually, for those, I mean, they our listeners don't know this, so I just want to let them know we are actually sitting in the DSF Stop building. This is our first recorded podcast, not at off-site. City Hall. Yeah, so uh, and this this place is great. I, I believe the last time I was in here, it was a completely different floor. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it was a cafeteria. Yeah, well, no, yeah, I'd been in here maybe four or five years center. ago. Okay. Yeah, it when, a, when yeah, it was more the event center. center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a lot. You both have, have done so much for the community. So let's dive a little bit more deeper into the DSF STOP program. Kind of maybe explain both of your roles with the program and go a little bit deeper into what the program is. 
Sure. So the program uh, began as a COVID-19 emergency facility. We began with providing testing and vaccinations to okay. individuals uh, within the minority community and those who are in need. It um, blossomed um, here recently into something very wonderful um, where we'll be, be able to provide screenings um, on 19 uh, different bacterias that might exist in the body. So that means you can come to stop and get a test to check to see if you have the flu or strep or uh, any of the strains of strep and as well COVID-19 through one just viral test that we'll be able to provide you. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of, I, f I, f I feel as if a lot of folks have a lot of anxieties sure. about going and getting getting tested for anything or just going to the doctor in general. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this might make folks feel a little bit better about going and doing that because it's, I feel like it, it, it may be a bit easier. It, quicker process, maybe a bit more discreet. And it's right in the neighborhood. Right. So right. This is less intimidating, yes. which was our goal overall, is that Ramilia and I went out to people to say, let us inform you about COVID-19 and what you need to do, how you protect yourself, how you test, and then to inform them about the vaccines. So we've taken on a much larger role in the community in that they trust us with their overall health care Mm -hmm. Now, so we act as patient navigators, um, people who may have, who reach hurdles or obstacles within the healthcare system and they're not quite sure what to do. They call one of us or <laughs> someone here in the center. So we have a licensed nurse practitioner, we have a chief pharmacist, we have a registered nurse, we have LPNs. Um, so we have a full medical staff here on site that can assist. And that is our overall goal, is to improve the health and the wellness of the community. And so they see us at church. They know us. They've mm -hmm. seen us, you know, be born, raised up. They know our parents, our grandparents, and, and we know them and their children. And we're invested in their lives so that there's a trust factor in knowing that when they come for assistance, that it's someone that, that truly does care about them. Awesome. And they've seen yeah. you walking around the neighborhood, too. Sure. They didn't know you before. And the goal here was to provide a culturally competent um, facility with individuals who look like them, who were from their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, this facility employs 14, 15 African Americans, um, as we brought on our nurse practitioner. We are expanding um, the services to go to Morgantown as well, where we'll pick up another six employees. Um, and we are bringing on a social, licensed so, uh, master social worker who will be able to pray uh, the role of patient navigator and get the um, individuals in the community the insurance needs they need, the wraparound resources that they need um, that they might not know about. Um, so to play a role as a caretaker, if you will, for our community. For people that don't know, the clinic is located in what was the former cafeteria for the Dunbar School. So, so is that why you guys really wanted to include the Dunbar School Foundation yes. in the name? Yes, and we would have to give great kudos to the Dunbar School Foundation because they have laid the foundation for us to be here. Mm -hmm. Without them having the infrastructure already in place for us to step in and have permission to use this facility and uh, use the framework that was available to provide this to the community, we would not exist. Right. So we have to give a huge kudos to them for our elders for providing the resources that we needed to step in to provide for the community. And I would think if I could chime in, I think the Dunbar School Foundation and what Dunbar represents to the community is that they are our trailblazers. Mm -hmm. So they went before us, whether it was Charlotte Mead and many others that did remarkable things for the first time in the community. You know, first time school teachers, first time school principals. Those people came through Dunbar and we grew up seeing them. So they let us know that something like this is possible and that we could achieve the dreams that we had had as young children so this to me is full circle of mm -hmm. taking on what our our elders had our ancestors had and building upon that and giving it back yeah right. absolutely 
And you, I feel like this clinic was also up and running pretty quickly because they had kept this facility oh, yeah. and, sure. and maintained sure. it. And, and that's what's so special about the Dunbar School Foundation, which this is, this is a very unique situation because you, you see a lot of old dilapidated b- buildings and structures in our community that aren't being used and have really, really fallen into disrepair. Now, the Dunbar School Foundation may not have the resources, may not have had the resources in the, during the last 10 years or so to do anything over in that building across the street, mm-hmm. but if you walk inside that building, it's, it's well taken it's care well of. Taken Houston, care. Houston, yeah. Houston walked me through it about a month ago, and I mean, it, it was a lot different of an experience than it would have been if I were to walk through another building like that throughout town. So the Dunbar School Foundation really, really cares for um, the history of Dunbar. And and this building and the building across the street have just been very well maintained. And and that is a large sentiment to those folks and their passions. It is our legacy. It is a sense of pride. Um, When you say the word Dunbar in this community or even North Central West Virginia, folks around here know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And we come with a lot of heart, um, a lot of love and a lot of care uh, for this facility. And we want to see that legacy continue because Mm -hmm. that's what they have built a legacy. Um, And, um, you know, African-Americans, as Tiffany said, uh, uh, very special ones have come through that school and have gone on to be memorialized with for doing great things in America. These days we have um, Rose Cousins and um, Spanky George Roberts and even as recent as uh, attorney Kitty Dooley and um, attorney Ron Tucker um, who have come through the those doors and have celebrated that legacy. And that is our wish to continue that legacy wonderful way to even bring new life to the neighborhood too so so we want to talk about this big huge event that you guys have planned for windmill park but multiple events yeah multiple events all in one um but before we really get into the details of the event i want to hear from you about the importance of juneteenth just it's a new federal holiday and I, I think that a lot of people, because it is so new, maybe don't quite understand it. And we want to make sure that we give you a, a, a good platform to talk about that. Well, Juneteenth has special significance to African-American history from becoming um, enslaved people to becoming actual free people. And while the Emancipation uh, Proclamation freed the slaves, what a lot of folks don't know is throughout the country in several pockets for the next two years, there were still enslaved people because the word did not get out to them. They did not have the internet back in 1864 Mm -hmm. when this information came out. So what would happen is the generals would have to ride by horseback to go to these different pockets of the country to let these individuals know that they were free. The last plantation, if you will, um, to hear about the freedom of Juneteenth was in Galveston, on the shores of Galveston, Texas, um, where a pocket of the Azulu tribe were there, and those individuals um, were freed on that day. And it just happened to be in June. A lot of people say, well, where does Juneteenth come from? What does that mean? You have to understand that slaves were not educated, uh, so there wasn't a cal- calendar in in their mind, if you will. So the word Juneteenth was not associated with the date. What they knew was it was the month of June. Mm -hmm. And um, that is the time period in which uh, they were free. There was a general that was um, General Gordon Granger. He was an African-American general who brought the word uh, to those slaves to tell them, or the enslaved people to tell them uh, that they were free almost two years after the Emancipation proclamation and there was so much joy after those slaves found out that they were free that they called it a jubilee Um, and they celebrated that jubilee for many 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 years afterwards in Galveston Texas and that tradition if you will spread out through America um, from the south all the way to the north and while it was not something that we are often taught in our school systems um, in the African-American communities it was something that was celebrated and um, there was a a beautiful lady um, whose name was Opal 
Lee, who had tried for many, many, many years <laughs> to be uh, get Juneteenth a holiday. She died be trying to get Juneteenth to become a holiday. And uh, finally, uh, last year, under the Biden administration, we have Juneteenth as a federal holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I think it's important to celebrate this Jubilee Day for America because it really since it is really the day of American true freedom. It is the day that all people in America were actually free. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. And I love that they called it a Jubilee because that's what your event is called at Windmill Park as well. And I think that it just, just the name of it is so cheery and happy and praise joy. And, and I think that it just really, just, just the name itself brings happy feelings. So we thank you for, for sharing that with us. Um, You know, it, it is a new holiday and I I was talking to Tiffany before we started recording West Virginia day is the 20th. So I feel like, you know, in West Virginia, there's two holidays to celebrate back to back and with within three years of each other as well, which is or two West years Virginia of each other. Is yeah. very, very instrumental in um, the the freedom the of enslaved Americans. So right. it, it, it very much is a West Virginia holiday as well as a, you know, African-American holiday right. and an American holiday. Yeah. Um, if I could just share a few facts with you about Juneteenth mm-hmm. that we'll be doing at the Jubilee. The At the Jubilee, we will be serving the Emancipation Cake. There is an emancipation cake. It's similar to the Mardi Gras cake, um, except for it's just decadent, if you will. And not um, a baby. With raspberries <laughs> and, and no filled with cream cheese, and it's a crumb cake. Cha- crumb cake and it is uh, when the uh, enslaved folks had access to these items it's the one thing of luxury that they gave themselves with this emancipation cake and we will be sharing that with all of our guests um, at the Jubilee brunch. Uh, We will also um, be celebrating the color red. The the tribe that I spoke about earlier that was um, the last tribe to be freed were a tribe from Africa that had a a significant lock, if you will, on the red dye that um, came from Africa, and they knew how to make that dye very bright, vibrant, and very red. Um, and um, that is why we we celebrate the color red and uh, during the Juneteenth holiday. At the Juneteenth, um, we will allow individuals to take what we call a history walk. We will have the Divine Nine there, um, so, which is several of the African American sororities and fraternities. Individuals can walk to those tables and we will have cards there where individuals can get one business, it's about about the size of a business card that you can pick up that will tell you one Juneteenth fact that you can take on your history walk with you. We will have tote bags there for people to put those interesting facts in and take along so they can learn about the Juneteenth and why we celebrate this wonderful holiday. Why why did it take so long for this to be nationally holiday. recognized? Yeah. I think if we were candid with each other and we asked ourselves the why, I think we all kind of know the why. I think the important thing is, is that it is a national holiday and that it is being recognized and that we have so much further to go in order to um, embrace each other and our culture and our history and and how the African-American history and American history intertwine. And it's so much, it's very, very, very important for us to celebrate both of those together. Great. Yep. Excellent way of answering that question, Excellent. my friend. Excellent. Excellent. Um, okay. So this weekend, this Saturday, June 18th, Juneteenth, Wimbledon Park, Fairmont, West Virginia, what time do all the festivities begin? And let's just run through each of them. Sure. If we can. So, um, to all of my friends who live in the Jackson edition area of what we like to call the dish, I am going to beg your pardon right now and ask you to bear with us because there's going to be a lot going on in your neighborhood beginning on Thursday, 
Friday and Saturday, but we'll promise we'll have it all cleaned up by Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> so on um, Thursday, you'll notice that we're having a big banquet tent come in because we're going to celebrate what we like to call the Emancipation Brunch. And we're going to bring in some dignitaries who have been sponsors for this event. And we're going to bring in our African-American elders. And we're going to have a um, uh, entertainment from an African drum band. And we're going to have a performance by none other than the Harriet Tubman, um, courtesy of Dr. Eileen Evans um, at Fairmont State University. And so on Friday, Day, beginning at 10 a.m. That is when the emancipation brunch will begin. Um, on, If I could back up for a minute on Friday, just to let our folks in the neighborhood know, you're going to see amusement rides coming in. You're going to hear um, folks banging some hammers, staking some things down in Windmill Park. And I ask you for your patience with us as we prepare for this wonderful event to celebrate African American history. And then um, during the brunch, um, we're going to um, open with the African drum band because we're going to take it back to the shores where it all began with that African drum beat and uh, we're going to have a performance by the um, African drum band. They were going to bring some dancers with them, the ensemble, and um, they're going to give us African performance of the dance uh, culturally from Africa. Then we're going to provide our guest the meal and then we're going to jump right into f- f- uh, festivities. It is going to be a very, very packed schedule at the Emancipation Brunch, um, if you will. And we are going to have a very special treat. We have the MGM band coming down from Cleveland who will sing the our African-American anthem, which is Lift Every Voice and Sing. Um, and then at the end, we're going to have a panel discussion on black mental health, which is incredibly important at this period of time, especially with COVID. African-Americans are a friendship people, if you will. We, we like to fellowship with each other. It is very important for us to have a connection with each other and speak to each other. And what COVID brought was the an impediment of that ability to speak to each other in the way that we normally do. Sure, we could pick up a phone or we could FaceTime each other and see each other through video chat, but that uh, personal connection was taken away. And we have had six African-American males between the ages of 16 to 45. I, I believe it's even a little higher now. I believe the last gentleman uh, to pass away was was um, somewhere um, up around maybe 50s or 60s to pass away within a six-month period. And that's where this idea from the panel for the panel discussion came from. Um, we are going to have individuals from the um, mental health community uh, sit on that panel. Dr. Kirk Ramsey uh, will be one of those individuals. Um, we have uh, two uh, master social workers sitting on that uh, panel as well, along with some mental health professionals of uh, who are of African American descent who will speak to us. Uh, one of the most important talks that we will have at the Emancipation Brunch um, will be um, from a guest speaker, Dr. Carol Alvarez, who is coming in um, to talk about the importance of African-American COVID vaccinations. And that is courtesy of um, Mon Health um, is bringing that speaker in for us. And we very much appreciate um, the ability to have her there. Between 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock, hopefully the emancipation won't run too late. We're still on Friday, right? No, we're on Saturday. Okay, we're, we're just, <laughs> no, on Saturday. To re- re- rewind sure. just a little bit, what is happening on Friday? So Friday is the setup. Just um, the, just the setup. setup, yes. Okay. Um, so I, I beg the community's pardon and ask for a little bit of patience with us as a lot of trucks and, and things will be coming in on that and day. And I think we're, we could also utilize volunteers okay. on Friday. So um, Friday between 8 and noon as we are putting up the tent which is a large, as she mentioned, banquet-style tent. The, um, we could certainly use volunteers to come and help set up the infrastructure that we'll need 
at, the, at Windmill Park on Friday? Yeah, the, between the hours of 1 and 4, um, we are asking any lady out there or gentleman who would like to help our event planner um, prepare um, that tent for the Emancipation Brunch on Saturday, if they would like to come out and support her as well, that and would help be... help decorate. Um, yes, help decorate. That would be um, Pastor Regina Rowley. So if you're interested, you are more than welcome to get in contact with um, Tiffany or I. Um, we are going to launch a um, Google form online for folks to to sign up for volunteerism. Great. Come out and help. <laughs> Saturday, you, you've gone over the Emancipation Brunch. Yes. We're going to have the MGM band, and we're going to have the, the mental health panel discussion um, all taking place on Saturday. I guess we just, we just go from there. What else we got? Okay. So then... Um, we're going to give folks an intermission, if you will, between 12 and 9, because at the Emancipation Brunch, I forgot to mention, everyone will be in their African attire or very nice formal clothes. So we want to give them a chance to change so we can jubilate and get down, if good, you will. <laughs> good idea. Good idea. So at 1 o'clock, the jubilee begins, and uh, we're, we have a wonderful lineup set up for the uh, jubilee uh, beginning at 1 o'clock. We will have the African drum band again okay. open us up. We will also have the MGM band who will perform as our live performers and they will be there for two hours with the intermission in between where we will have some spoken word by different artists who uh, from the community who will come in to speak. Um, we will also have a performance by uh, Crystal Good who will give us poetry reading and she does excellent, excellent work. We are also going to have the Universe Soul Circus Clowns there. Oh, wow. Uh, so excited. Us, <laughs> so a, exciting. That sounds interesting. <laughs> a 90-minute performance. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, and I think they will knock our socks off. Um, and then... So the Universal Soul, why don't you give them a little background on what the so, Universal I'm Soul totally is? Totally unfamiliar. Sure. Yeah, so. Well, the Universal Circus is an African-American circus, traveling circus, that goes um, from state to state with the uh, doing high fly athletics um um all kinds of things and it's done with an african-american cultural flair if you will okay and uh it is big it is known within the african-american community as a bucket list thing to do wow. <laughs> okay yes so we're getting the clowns which yes. is so exciting because they are just tremendous amounts of fun just loads of loads of fun so yes wow. and they will be interacting with the crowd so this is a national act yes yeah. the Universal national Club act that we're bringing for 90 minutes for 90 wow minutes. yes 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 and then um we're going to have some local artists there as well at the at the jubilee and um those local artists will begin what we uh they will be spread out throughout the day um we have uh Christian rap artist. His name is Lamar Riddick. He will be coming in earlier in the afternoon to give a performance. We have a singer. Her name is Aries. Um, she will be coming in to give a performance. We have a local R&B artist. His name is Jason Howard, who will be coming in to uh, give us a, uh, a musical performance. And then um, beginning at 6 p.m., we will have our hip-hop hour. So we're going to give our aunties and uncles, our elders, our children, an opportunity to enjoy <laughs> those first six hours. And then, you want to say it together? <laughs> DSS Stop Program is going to bring in Fatty Wop. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So we have a list of local artists who are, we are going to give the stage who will open up for uh, Fetty Wap. Gotcha. Most importantly, we have TK Blackstar, awesome. our own an independent artist yes. um, who is known for doing backpack drives, her mm -hmm. charitable contributions to the back to this community. Um, she has signed on board and she's going to give us all that she's got and she's known for giving a phenomenal show. Mm -hmm. And then after TK Blockstar, we will hear from, as they say in the African-American church, none other than Betty Wop. <laughs> I mean, that is huge. I, uh, I, I, I was just, you know, doing nothing over the weekend and on my phone and scrolling through it. I saw Fetty Wop, Windmill Park. I was like, is this is real? real? <laughs> real? Everyone, yeah. it's yes. real, everyone. The real. I, I often have 
to pinch myself when I'm talking to his manager by text message and say, is this real? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But this is this is real. This is happening. And we are so blessed and favored to be able to bring this to Windmill Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are putting up a professional stage for him. We are making way with the city, the help of the city of Fairmont. I and must the give police. kudos. They the are in the, the Fairmont. Um, mm-hmm. Are giving us all the resources that we need to make this event happen. I cannot thank them enough. Valerie Means, our our city manager, has Mm -hmm. been absolutely wonderful and accommodating, and we appreciate them. I also have to give huge kudos out to uh, Marion County Commission because they have been there with me from the beginning and said, hey, we're on board. What do you need? Um, How can we help? So I appreciate all of those local entities for helping out. And it's great that that they have they have been so accommodating to you because they, they have their own event going on <laughs> yes. across, across the river, the river. <laughs> at the same time. So Soulful Saturday is yeah. going on, um, will be going on at the same time at Palatine Park. So um, Just fair- during, the, I mean, I, th- I don't think that they're going to, over- well, they might overlap a little bit with Fetty Wap, but yeah, just a little just bit. A but, little. but I mean. I think it's two different audiences, yeah. which is great. Right, yes, right. Um, Palatine Park is going to be a much more mellow, right. kind of cool vibe, and, and we're, we're definitely going to be hip-hop yes. yeah, yeah. But I, I think i also wanted to to mention the reason why we selected a youthful rapper is because our overall mission is vaccinations yes. right and we have found that our younger generation for the african-american community are the most resistant to vaccinations mm-hmm. and so we've always said if we can get the people 50 and under 50 and under and um there's so much misinformation that is being shared on social media and that's that or generation is the consumers of the most social media mm-hmm. so having fetty wap brings the youth that we're looking for the younger generation and allows us to get the message so it this is with a distinct purpose yes. right that we chose Fetty Wap and Windmill Park. Right. This is targeted mm-hmm. information on health and saving lives. Absolutely. The whole day is a very uh, strategic day. Um, we go from offering a, an event for our elders, then an event that is more family-oriented to targeting the younger audience in mm-hmm. the evening. So um, we want to have an event that is for everyone. Um, and I hope to expand from here and bring in a gospel artist next year and, yeah. a, and you know, something more for the uh, older generation or, you know, are those who choose to um, I, uh, listen to uh, gospel music and then um, we, we are bringing in the MGM band for who do our what we like our call our barbecue music cookout music um, who will you know liven it up they did an excellent job at our soul fest last year so yes this is something for everyone so are you going to arrange with Fetty Wap's manager to be like tell everybody if they don't have their vaccine they gotta leave <laughs> <laughs> there's a little something yeah. in there yeah. about vaccines it was very difficult to get there but we got there yeah great well like nope sorry he is vaccinated yeah okay i was gonna ask you that because if he wasn't yes (laughs) that was my first question wait a minute or is betty vaccinated does he need his booster because you guys could totally give him his booster on stage and that would be awesome oh my god that would be so cool yeah yeah Thank you, Hannah, for that. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> That's the contract negotiation. Yeah. So in summary, this weekend, Fairmont's a place to be. And Absolutely. I, uh, Tiffany, when I was talking to you yesterday, like there's so much going on in Fairmont, and you were like, that's a great thing. It is a great thing. Great. It's how amazing is it to be like conflicted? Am I going to go here or am I going to go here? Or am I going to go here first and then I'm going to go over there? Yeah. It's such yeah. a good problem to have. All I know is I'm not going to Morgantown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. They're coming it's, here. This is the yes. place to yeah. be this weekend. Yes. West Virginia is coming here. Yeah. Windmill Park. This is the place to be. <laughs> if we could talk a little bit about logistics. Sure. Um, sure. Parking. Because mm-hmm. obviously okay. um, to get to Windmill Park, you either have to come down Maple or come down Ogden. So we are working with the city of police to work on traffic directions mm-hmm. and parking will be an issue because we will have very limited parking actually in the park mm-hmm. like to just digress just a second and talk about we have um, two large mobile buses coming Bonnie's bus which will be doing on-site mammograms 
and also Lucas, both from WVU, which will be doing on-site lung screening. So we have 20 people from for each bus that will receive some type of cancer screening on-site, which is absolutely phenomenal. And if and I we're could able- just chime in with that, we are also going to have the strolling colon here where you can actually walk through a colon. And uh, we're going to have the Lions Club um, who are going to be giving eye screenings and glaucoma checks. And we'll have the Smile Bless here as well who will do the dental clinic. So it is a health equity and cultural fair. If you looked at the flyer, it's the Juneteenth Jubilee Health Equity and uh, Cultural Fair. So, okay. so it is all of all of that mm-hmm. as yeah. well <laughs> as what is going on in the main stage. So right. there are amusement rides as well and food vendors. So it's the place to come <laughs> for your meal mm-hmm. for that day. <laughs> if you don't do anything else, you want to come. Um, and as well as we have other vendors. But parking will be limited in the park because we are using all of the space for buses and vendors and right. stage. So parking will be throughout Jackson Edition, throughout Maple Ave. Avenue, Baltimore Street, and Ogden Avenue, but also thanks to the city of Fairmont, we will have parking downtown, yes. and the parking garage, which is located in the 400 block of Adams Street, will be free mm-hmm. um, for anyone that wants to park there and walk out Windmill Park. Yeah. How should they walk out Windmill Park? What would you I suggest? I would suggest Ogden. Ogden. Yeah. Yeah, would be mine. so it, so those of you who are listening, um, what you would want to do is you would want to turn down Adams Street, I believe that is Adams Street, that's across there, and then um, walk out Ogden Avenue. It's just a um, about a mile, would you say, about a mile walk from um, uh, the beginning of Ogden Avenue to um, Windmill Park, and you'll get so. your exercise in for the Maybe day. Not it's supposed even. to be really nice. It's supposed to be 80 degrees, so, and, and breezy, and if you look at the map, there's nothing but sunshine on that. That map, not a cloud yeah, in the sky. It's be beautiful. So um, Fairmont is going to be blessed with good weather. Yeah. So parking, the parking garage will be open and free. And then parking downtown on street and in the other parking lots is always free on the weekends. So all those other lots would also be available too Thank for you. anybody yeah. for anybody that needs extra space. Like we call it the ski slope lot because it's like straight up and downhill behind the state office building that has a bunch of spaces. There's a parking lot next to the parking garage, the one post office parking lot, the Adams and Monroe Street parking lot that's currently a gravel parking lot, and then all the on-street spaces, too. So hopefully... Hopefully that's enough. But yeah. enough. <laughs> so I just like to reiterate, I know that some of you might think, well, why can't we park in the park? We have so much going on and we're going to have so many people walking around. We want to keep everyone as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. So we're asking you to utilize the parking uh, in the neighborhoods and throughout the city uh, for this particular day. If you just bear with us, thank you all. We appreciate you. Yes. Now we do have handicap parking yes. in the park. And, yes. and we have golf carts to, to transport people from the handicap parking lot to the event so bring your chairs (laughs) bring your sunscreen your sun visors and come have a seat in your so if you want to kind of separate yourself if you're concerned about being in the crowds um, we are still you know COVID is still real and is still out there so it is possible to come and enjoy the festivities and still remain separate from everyone because it's an outdoor event so you bring your lawn chairs and and have a seat and enjoy the day. And if you want to wear your mask, we encourage you to wear your mask. Yes, <laughs> Go ahead absolutely. and do that. We, we encourage COVID protocols and we want everyone to be safe. We don't want this to be a super spreader. We want this to be something that gives education about COVID and COVID vaccines and encourage people to um, go ahead and take the vaccine and keep us all safe because in, in, in the long run, that's what's going to keep us all safe. Mm-hmm. And take advantage of all of these different health screenings, testing, vaccinations everything that's going to be available because it's really going to be kind of a one-stop shop yeah oh did one thing i need to mention i need to mention that the marion county health department will be there as well doing health care screenings as well so if you want to get your heart check your blood pressure check if you want to do a glucose reading um, whatever you need we have it all available um health is wealth so it's important that we take care of that as well and um, for the parents out there who have children um, we're going to have plenty of games and plenty of prizes and plenty of activities there are bounce houses galore um, there are amuse- four four different amusement rides there so please just come out and everything is absolutely free That's except incredible. for whatever the vendor sale I can't control that but everything right. else is absolutely free so let's talk about the kids stuff 
Ferris wheel. Yes. Hot air balloon. No, we're not going no to have hot air balloon. Hot okay. air balloon this okay, time. They so like Ferris, to do fall. Okay, so, so Ferris wheel. Yes. Mechanical um, bull. Is that yes. what I saw? Okay. The mechanical bull is going to be there. We're going to have, they call it as a, a, a rock wall and then the sky suspender. So it's the um, trampoline thing like that you, you jump can jump and you on. Can flip. And yeah, so okay. there's five different pods, if you will, that are connected together. So five mm-hmm. different people can be jumping at the same time. Okay. Um, there are a, four or five bounce houses that are coming. Um, there are three other amusement rides and forgive me i can't think of all of them now but we have something for every age group mm-hmm. um including teacups um for the little folks the to spinning ride teacups. as well yes. you don't have to go to disney this year you don't guys have to you go just to go to windmill park we, we brought disney to windmill park <laughs> yeah for free for, for free. free incredible yes. so um talk about sponsors yes, yes please, it please, is please, absolutely please. important that we talk about our sponsors because they we have had some sponsors do, who have just ridden with us since the beginning when I said hey we're doing a Juneteenth and I reached out to folks that have been on board and have been incredible in their giving first I'd like to start with um, the city of Fairmont Um, I like to start right there because it is not an easy feat getting the entire park for a weekend (laughs) to be able to utilize and (laughs) we hear I hear she tells me every time I put in the permit I put entire park on there and she says you can't have the entire park and I say "Uh uh-huh I know like you're not supposed to have the entire park but we're gonna make it work (laughs) but we're gonna make it work and they always make it work for us and we are in uh in incredibly appreciative to the city of Fairmont uh, for their sponsorship and making sure that we have the uh, resources that we need. And when I speak about resources, I'm talking about the city of um, police, if the fire department needs to be there, whatever it is that they, that we would need, they always open arms and say, Hey, this is what we have for you. What do you need? How can we support you? And Mm -hmm. we so much appreciate Mm -hmm. that. And I know our park supervisor, Barry Sanner was out there checking for your tent and all of that stuff too. Sure did. Sure did he's a and randy um, hines and yeah yes, randy. And randy we cannot forget randy hines which we will be honoring at the june 2 jubilee for his service um to the community um uh, if i'm driving past if tiff if tiff and i are walking together he sees and he always waves and i know he's got my back and he's, he's there every day mm-hmm. he's there every i can't day. i i can't do anything out of that park without randy yeah, yeah. i mean He's yes. just incredible. His commitment to that park is incredible, mm-hmm. and he is to be recommended for all that he has done yeah. out there. Absolutely. Next, I would have to go to the Marion County Commission. Chris Sinelli came right on board, uh, went to the commission. They were our first sponsor and made sure that we had the funding, even though he knew that he was going to be doing a um, event across the river that they, right. they supported us uh, with funding. Um, next, I would have to go to Dominion Gas, who has just been incredible. They have come through with everything from sponsorship dollars to swag bags and um, diversity items that they are bringing in. They will have a booth there that day to give out several different items that they're going to give us. They said, here, take all of this and don't bring it back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, we will have free giveaways from Dominion Gas. Um, They have offered their continued support um, to our organization as well. Uh, The next group that I would have to go to is Enterprise Rent-A-Car, who has just been phenomenal. They will have people there on site that day. Um, they have provided sponsorship dollars and as well, um, they will be um, go-karting our um, handicapped individuals back and forth oh, to where nice. they need to be. Yeah. Um, I would have to next go to the uh, Fairmont Field Club, who provided the goat carts for us to Aww. get the individuals back and forth. Oh yes, this is a yeah. very much a community <laughs> effort. <laughs> and then um, I'm going to save I'm not going to say I'm going to save the best for last because all of our sponsors are absolutely wonderful but I I have one special sponsor that I want to save to the end and then the next sponsor I would have to go to is Chase Bank who has um, provided um, sponsorship dollars Um, we also have West Virginia Cancer Institute uh, West Virginia University diversity and inclusion oh we did talk about the most important person uh, one of the most important people who are going to be at the um, Juneteenth Jubilee. Colette Smith, which is the 
first African-American coach of the NFL mm -hmm. will be our keynote New York speaker. Jets. New York yeah. Jets. Yep. Woman. Absolutely. Yes. She is a phenomenal woman. That's um, awesome. She doesn't want to spend a whole lot of time from the stage. She wants to get down in the crowd and actually interact with individuals and mm -hmm. speak to them and tell her story. Um, she also has a healthcare initiative that she does from her hometown um, that she is going to be speaking with, ab about. And so our mission here at Dunbar School Stop and her mission um, completely align with each other. Um, so she will be there as well and she has come on as a sponsor. Delta Sigma Theta is one of our huge sponsors because they are the ones who brought in uh, Colette Smith um, uh, for this event. Um, and then I believe that is just about everyone. I hope, I pray that I didn't forget anyone. Oh, I'm sorry. BHG Gas and Tarot uh, Services. Herbert Henderson Office of Community of, of Minority, Affairs. Minority Affairs in Charleston. Yes, um, all of those are our sponsors and they have given their dollars and their support. And um, we will have a lot of community organizations out there where as well who will provide wraparound services or tell folks about how to get the wraparound services they need. The final um, sponsor that I want to speak about near and dear to my heart is Mon Health. We are going to have a big announcement about Mon Health and DSS Stop for the future. I hope you all are there to come out to hear it. It is going to make an uh, tremendous impact on our community. Um, Mon Health um, uh, has been riding with DSF Stop, if you will, for about the last six months. And we have been working on some things behind the scenes that we are um, very, very excited to announce to the community. And if you will, I just like to hold on to it until the Emancipation Brunch, too, because I don't want to steal their thunder. Wow. <laughs> really going to leave us hanging. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, this is incredible. Um, thank you both for everything you've done um, yeah, for our so community much. throughout the years with DSF Stop, with Juneteenth, with this weekend. It's going to be awesome, and thanks for joining us today. Yeah, and thank you um, for your time yeah. to give us the rundown. Can I say one more thing sure. to the Fairmont community um, and to North Central West Virginia? We are a all-inclusive clinic here. If you need to be vaccinated, if you need tested, you can call 304-900-3310. We will come to you if you can't come to us. We provide transportation um, for those who'd like to come into the clinic. And if you can't make it in, we will come to you. But vaccinations and testing is so important that we provide this service to come to you. So there's no reason that you can't get the services that we offer here. So I offer to everyone in North Central West Virginia, if you need COVID testing or COVID vaccination, please take advantage of our facility here. Awesome. All right. Anything else that you guys want to add? I think no? that's it. You good? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Thanks again for uh, listening to the Fairmont Bridge. Hannah, how can how can our listeners find the rest of our episodes? You can get this podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, City Fairmont City Hall. Um, Facebook changed how podcasts are uploaded, so they won't upload as videos anymore, guys. We're really sorry, but we will still post the link to them, either Google, Apple, some kind of link to the podcast. You can still figure out how to listen to it. And you can also find it on our website, fairmontwv.gov. The best way to help us out is to give us a like and subscribe and a five-star rating on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. He always podcasts. does this. And, five, uh, five stars, no less. Five stars or, or I like nothing. that. Five stars, no less. Yeah, yeah. Five stars or don't bother. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> Once again, thanks for thanks for joining us today, and uh, this has been the Fairmont Bridge, uh, City Fairmont's official podcast, and we are signing off. Bye. See you Saturday.